We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS Friday version. I am Scott Jensted, joined as usual by Andrew Laird. We are supported and uh, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We greatly appreciate them for that. If you could please rate or review the podcast, that would be fantastic. If you enjoy listening to us every week, uh, leave a bunch of stars, leave a nice comment. It does go a long way towards helping the podcast, it goes a long way to people, people being able to find the podcast. So it, uh, it, it is very much appreciated and very important to do so if you enjoy listening to us. Uh, Andrew, we are at uh, week three. I've got to say week two was a disappointment. We talked about how the best thing about DFS is not dealing with injuries. I got uh, I got double bit last week. I had uh, I had some Pittsburgh stacks and Roethlisberger went out uh, early enough where he had no stats at all. And then I had some Ram stacks and, um, you know, we didn't have Drew Brees on the other side after he got hurt to kind of uh, go back at them and create a shootout. So uh, in a week, in, in a game where we uh, we say the injuries uh, don't matter as much as season long uh, sure got me pretty good in week two. But they don't matter. Those injuries don't matter now. That's very important. Yes. I mean, they theoretically matter now that we're building new lineups with different players. But um, last week, I just felt like everybody I talked to lost. And I can't, I haven't found anybody who won. But obviously, if people are losing, there are subsequently people who are winning. So congrats to everybody who uh, was able to figure last week out. Because uh, I'm going to fully blame 
every th- decision that didn't go my way on Roethlisberger's injury, which um, <laughs> apparently like happened not in the game, but earlier in the week, which is infuriating to hear because the NFL supposedly is so stringent on, you know, releasing these injury reports and he wasn't even included. So um, the Drew Brees, you know, it's bad luck. Uh, I had some, uh, some Rams as well. Both I had big Ben Juju and Robert Woods all in cash. And they basically just bombed because of the, the Roethlisberger and, and Breeze injuries because the Rams didn't need to keep pace. So, uh, right. but literally, I mean, I, uh, I bombed Monday night and I blame that on big Ben. Um, Sunday night I didn't play because I was so <laughs> upset about big Ben. So, uh, you know, injuries happen, but thankfully we, uh, we're, we're past them now. Yeah, that's true. I've had to replace uh, Drew Brees in a couple of two quarterback leagues, so uh, yeah. I can promise that uh, DFS is a better version than that because uh, I, I have your boy Luke Falk in a league now, yeah. and I didn't want to admit that. I didn't want to have to admit that publicly, but it's <laughs> uh, it, that's how ugly it gets in a, in a two quarterback league sometimes. Really, yeah. That's uh, at least he's got a great matchup this week. Yeah, he's not going against a defense that had five thousand DraftKings points last week, so that's good. <laughs> and they don't have any history at all about just killing the Jets, so it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are, do you, uh, how long do you watch that game for? Uh, I usually watch all of it because I just, okay. I know what's happening. It's just more like, uh, you know, if there's any development, it, it's just a weird situation where the jets are so dependent on Sam Darnold. Like it, like the franchise is on his shoulders and like every game you go in and you're like it, you know, it, not that like winning doesn't matter, but you're like, I just want to see some development. And if there's positive movement and, to be out because of mono, I guess is good that it's not like a torn ACL, but it's like every game he's not playing is a game he's not developing. And so the franchise, like literally the entire franchise can't move forward because Darnold's not moving forward. But think of how many more memes you got out of this one rather than him getting actually hurt with the uh, pointing of the camera and everybody having fun with that. The one I saw yesterday was great. It was like mononucleosis and then just said not Gardner Minshew. <laughs> That's beautiful. Gardner looked good last night. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Falk is not Minshew, but maybe. Yeah, you never know. We didn't think Minshew was Minshew. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, we'll see. Uh, so, so let's jump to the uh, the week three slate. Uh, interesting, again, we have uh, another week where there's only one game on the slate that's over 50 points on the, uh, the Vegas over-under. It is, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs who score uh, at will over under 52 and a half. Uh, they are facing uh, their home against the Ravens. Really interesting matchup. I'm sure the NFL, which is this is this Monday Night Football instead of uh, Chicago and Washington. But uh, we've got Lamar Jackson. We have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Kansas City's fared by six. Uh, do you think this is going to be as much of a shootout as everybody else in the world does? It's it's definitely going to like test the whole Mahomes is matchup proof. Like I think it, it goes on that way. Like this is definitely gonna be the best defense that he faces that he's has faced. Right. Uh, and so, um, I think the total is actually coming down. I remember I'm trying to look it up here. I mean, it, yeah, it was at 55 and a half at one point, which is, Oh wow. I mean, that's absurd. Uh, opened at 53 and a half people push it to 55 and a half. And then now it's back down to 52, but I mean, obviously these are all, any of those numbers are really high. Um, but I don't know. It's, there will obviously be points here. The, I think it's kind of interesting if you think Baltimore is the Baltimore defense is that good. Like, do you actually go into this game stacking the Ravens and not the chiefs? Because not that you think that the Ravens could win, but could the Ravens actually win? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, in, in pools and stuff, I took the chiefs, but I I think that, uh, I think the Ravens could win this game. I think the Kansas city defense is, um, meager enough that uh, if Lamar Jackson gets hot, they can put up a lot of points. Yeah, right. Like I think it's as simple as that. Like if the Ravens' offense keeps this up, the Ravens' defense 
is good enough to theoretically keep the Chiefs from like exploding and the Ravens defense or excuse me offense has shown that they can put up a ton of points so maybe maybe they win one of these like high scoring close you know close games because their defense is like just good enough to bring Mahomes down to like the 95th percentile of quarterbacks yeah yeah like I don't think a 30 27 kind of game is out of the question where right. Baltimore can hang in there and score late and maybe hold Kansas City a couple of field goals here and there yeah I mean but it's crazy because Kansas City has gone crazy in the first half of both games and then just kind of eased off the gas pedal it's tough yeah. to tell if they're you know fully easy off the gas pedal or maybe uh, the, the other defense kind of figured something out but I mean they they exploded on the Raiders last week for 28 <sighs> points in the second quarter and then didn't score again and a lot of it was just they were up and then the Raiders couldn't do anything to push back so it'll be interesting if we get an offense this week in Baltimore that does push back a little bit how much uh, Kansas City really floors it yeah I mean we've basically seen like full games worth of stats from Patrick Mahomes in the first half of both of his games like you look yeah. like the first 300, week 300 yards passing in the first half yeah it's crazy right. and I mean in the first week when like Lamar Jackson was going crazy and everyone's like oh man you know I, I did it too like I ended up paying up for Mahomes and I think you were the one, you were like, he has 300 yards in the first half. Like, how are you complaining? And I'm like, you're right, you're right. Like, yeah. It's one of those things that like, you, you miss on the, the total uh, explosion guy, but then you realize that your guy is second and it's only the first half. So I don't know, it should be. And you mentioned, you mentioned, you, you mentioned last week with you know lost, a lot of people struggled and there was somebody that won but you know I look at the I look at the best teams and it was Oakland Kansas City stacks but it, the the fact is they they didn't stack Sammy Watkins they went to Marcus Robinson they went uh, McCole Hardman they went Travis Kelsey so if you had the right Kansas City stack and I saw a lot of Kansas City stack with Ty Ray, Ty William Williams come the other way that uh, really went huge I think the the, the Millie winner uh, had that exact build with I think it was Hardman and Robinson yeah that's exactly what it was I mean it's one of those things that we. We're talking about like we expected that game to be pretty popular because I mean there were a ton of points in that game. I think it had the highest total or one or two. Raiders look like competent. Yeah. The Chiefs defense still gives up a ton of points. So um, you know, and the Raiders were so cheap. We had Williams, Waller, uh, Jacobs, Jacobs missed the hundred yard bonus on DraftKings by a single yard, and so it was like easier to fit in the Chiefs because those they were expensive. Although Robinson himself was cheap, but it's like a, a great lesson in uh, figuring out games that are going to be high owned and you yet you can still get a guy like Robinson who is severely under owned for the situation and Watkins seemed like such an easy fade um, based on everybody thinking that he was going to be the guy um, because I mean Patrick Mahomes has shown that he can throw a ton of yards without one of his guys necessarily going off and so happened to be Watkins and um, congrats to whoever paid that or got that payout. Yeah, and obviously, you know, last week you, it was one of those weeks where you had to hit on the right defense. And we talk about how defense has a little bit of uh, some randomness to it. And, you know, everybody liked New England, and I liked New England too. But, you know, you just, uh, they were the highest percentage of defense owned. They had 37 points, they had a shutout. They had, uh, they had four, I think, four turnovers and two touchdowns. It's one of those weeks that, you know, it, it's oh, it's impossible to do really, really well without having the right defense. I mean, you, when they score 37, your defense scores six. It's just such a huge difference that, that it, it was one of those weeks where if you didn't have the defense right, you really didn't compete in GPPs. Yeah, there was there was just no way to do it. And I mean, they were, uh, you know, they were one of the more higher priced uh, options if they were not the most expensive. But like, you don't, you know, you're even if you went in thinking like if if the scoring for defenses turned out to be, you know, finished the exact order that they were priced in. Um, that still doesn't account for like a 37 point explosion. And so it was right. 37 yeah, DraftKings. And so it's like it literally like a defense determined the slate. Like you obviously have to get the other ones, but it determined in the fact that like if you didn't have it, there was no way you were making it up with any yep. other defense. And 
if you paid down for a defense, it's not like the difference in price was enough to like get you, you know, you're not going from uh, Minshew to Mahomes. Like it's, it's just not there. And so um, I don't know though when defenses break slates like that, it's just, it's super frustrating when you don't have them. Uh, I had them in one GPP lineup that had stacked, I think the Rams, which obviously went nowhere. And so uh, I don't know. It's tilt defenses kind of get pretty uh, bothersome that way. Yeah, they do. And it's one of those things like every once in a while you'll get a team that does that and they're like 0.8% owned. You're like, ah, whatever, that's kind of happens. But when you get one that like New England that was popular that people liked, it's just it, it really determines uh, who wins the big pro- big contest. And we're getting to the point now where you feel like whoever's playing the, the Dolphins <laughs> should be significantly more expensive. Like we, there, there seems to be like kind of a, a specific range when it comes to defenses, um, at least on DraftKings. Like you tend to see uh, – they're usually below 4,000. We've got the Cowboys this week at 4,300. But, like, based on what we've seen for two weeks, like, make them 6,000. Like, you should really have to, like, pay, have to pay up for these uh, certain defenses just because uh, the upside is just stupidly high. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. We do have some monster spreads this week, too. But let's talk about the, talk about the low totals. There aren't a lot of low total games this week. We, we avoided two games that are low totals. We had last night the awful Jacksonville-Tennessee game. It was a bad game to watch. And then uh, Chicago, Washington on Monday night to 41 over under uh, Rams, Cleveland. The other primetime game is a pretty good game. Uh, we do miss out on that one. But no, uh, no games on the slate under 42 and a half. That is Denver at Green Bay. And I still think there could be a few points in that one. Are there any games in this in this middle mold? We talk about how Baltimore KC is, you know, obviously the, the easily highest one. Are there any games in this uh, this middle that you kind of are targeting? You think is going to be higher or be uh, go over their their total? Um. I mean, I'm going to throw out, I guess the Cowboys Dolphins is kind of on the higher side. I'll throw out the Jets and Patriots only because I don't think the Jets score anything. Um, you're, th- you're throwing it out, like throwing it away, not throwing it out as an option. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm not, you. not considering okay. that at all. Um, I think the one that screamed out to me, uh, was Panthers Cardinals, uh, yeah. which pace, 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 right. I, I mean, it's as simple as that. We, we don't have any final word on Cam Newton yet. Uh, it almost seems like at this point, it would be better if he didn't play um, because they they look so awful with him. But uh, it just seems like any time the Cardinals play, uh, the the just based on the pace that they play, and the Panthers play at a pretty high pace too. I mean, it's kind of a perfect storm. Forty four and a half seems kind of low. Uh, it could just be because the Cardinals aren't actually finishing everything with touchdowns. But like, it's one of those things that based on the volume. Uh, they're going to have a game at some point where they just put up a load of points. And if, as long as whoever they're playing can keep up with them, and based on pace at least, the Panthers should be able to. I think that's the game that is in that middle range that we should be looking at. Yeah, I think in uh, points uh, or plays per second or getting off the play, I think Panthers are one and Arizona's two. So it's going to be uh, – it should be really fast-paced. I just don't know how much they'll change that with uh, with Kyle Allen starting. If he if he starts for Cam Newton, how much you – know, they'll have to like relay plays in or read the defenses on the quarterback headset. So I don't know exactly how that will work, but you got to figure there's going to be a lot of plays running this game. The other one for me, uh, I think, is Detroit at Philly. Uh, over-unders 45-and-a-half. I could see this one turning into a little bit of shootout. Philadelphia quietly has really struggled on defense. Uh, they have not looked as good as I thought they would on defense, especially giving up points in the or, uh, points and yards in the passing game. Uh, so I like I like Kenny Galladay here. I like I like Philly still to score against Detroit, even though uh, they could be missing Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. I still think Carson Wentz will get that offense going. Um, I had I'd probably go over there. The other interesting one is Houston at the Chargers. Uh, over under there is forty 
eight and a half, so pretty high number there. Chargers favored by three. So one of those games where, you know, high over under, low to- low uh, spread that we, we really like to see. Yeah, and those, I mean, we've seen those teams put up a ton of points. And so um, that's that should be a fun one for sure. Yeah, so we mentioned the primetime games. We'll miss uh, we'll miss those. Luckily, uh, Bears-Redskins is off the slate. Um, so let's jump into it. Let's jump into running backs. But first, a note from our sponsor, Yahoo. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score the perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So let's start on the uh, on the running back side, uh, starting at the top. Uh, do you have a strong preference this week among the uh, among the elite uh, running backs, say the guys that are over 8,500, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley? I think Elliott and McCaffrey are the best. Um, and I feel like we could say that every week. Um, right. We obviously have, I mean, this is the, Dallas is expected to kill Miami. Uh, Elliott's starting to get his full workload back. So theoretically, the idea is that they run out to an early lead, hopefully because of him, and then they run him to the ground to, to finish the game out. And then McCaffrey's in this game that we were just talking about, has this high pace. And if Arizona is able to get stuff going, then maybe McCaffrey, you know, the Panthers have to keep up and they give the ball more to McCaffrey. Uh, or they try to keep um, Arizona off the field and give McCaffrey more carries. I mean, we mentioned whether they have to kind of change things up with Kyle Allen under center. Theoretically, that just means more touches for McCaffrey. And so I think those two are just so far ahead of the others. I mean, Saquon Barkley is more expensive playing uh, at, at Tampa Bay. Dalvin Cook is finally priced up, home against Oakland. Um, but then, but he's even still kind of in, they're below um below the tier of Elliot McCaffrey uh, salary wise. And I don't know how you can like comfortably play Alvin Kamara uh, at Seattle for 8,000 on DraftKings when you have these other guys so close. Yeah. I love Kamara, but the way that offense looked with Bridgewater yeah. uh, last week, I, I mean, I figure that Peyton will get stuff worked out. He's obviously a really good offensive mind, but uh, for the price, I'm not paying up at Seattle on, on Kamara right now. I kind of want to see a week of how that offense looks with Bridgewater first. I think you're going to see six weeks and just never want to be a part of it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't doubt that. I am not a Teddy Bridgewater fan. I I like Mason Rudolph uh, a lot more the way he looked and hit when he replaced Ben than uh, than Bridgewater did replacing Breeze. Uh, I agree with you on the top end. Uh, you know, it, it, the only thing with with Zeke is how much will they use him? You know, this is his third week back. He played 53 snaps last week, 23 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. You know, he got 85 percent of the Cowboys' carries. So kind of a uh, you know back to normal for uh, at, at week two. It did not take long for him to get to kind of full go. I just don't know. We talked about big spreads this week. I mean, it's crazy. We got Dallas fared by 22.5, New England fared by 22, 22. I don't think I can ever remember. You, you don't get 22 point spreads in the NFL. It's more of a college thing, but two in the same week in week three. Uh, kind of kind of crazy. It's absolutely wild. And it's funny to, like, we were talking about um, last week. Uh, I don't remember where the Patriots ended up closing 18, 18 and a half, something like that. Yeah. And that wasn't even close. Like, they blew through that. And so um, I don't see like this is I hope not some sort of like Jets homer or really anti-homer I guess I just don't see how the Jets keep within 22 I really don't the the offense looks terrible the defense is losing is missing a number of key players and the Patriots are 100% and clicking and with the Cowboys like the Dolphins look so bad 
and they looked so bad at home and now they're playing in Dallas. And even if they don't cover 22 and a half, like where you're still expecting the Cowboys to put up a ton of points, like this isn't going to be uh, a 20, you know, uh, 23, nothing game. Like I think even if the dolphins score some points, like the Cowboys are going to put up points on the board. And so that's why I was like, so comfortable with, with Elliot um, more so than uh, going with, you know, with Dak or Amari Cooper, we'll get to them a little bit later, but I don't know. It just seems like, in the given the game, the expected game script, like isn't Elliot the safest guy in that game? Yeah, I think for sure he's the safest guy. It's just a matter of if they're up, you know, 31 0, if they just go to Tony Pollard and kind of sit him. But, uh, you know, as someone who uh, has bet college football for a lot of a lot of years and a lot of uh, big spreads, I tell you, those, those spreads, uh, those spreads are huge. Like you're like, oh, how can they not cover that? But, you know, 31 10 covers that. Like you yeah. can see those games working out to that. And, you know, both teams take the gas pedal off late. You know, the way they the way they cover is a late touchdown garbage kind of stuff. 38 17, 31 10, something in there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It looks like those teams are going to blow those out. But that's a lot of points. But they score a lot of points. They do, especially New England. And New England does not go off the gas pedal very often. Either. Right, right. And thankfully, especially, Bill Belichick. Especially always, in division. Yeah, it feels fine. You know, he doesn't want to stick it to the jets at all. So I'm sure he'll yeah. just lay off. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Dalvin cook. Dalvin cook looks incredible. Another big week last week, 20 carries for 150 yards and a touchdown at green Bay had a long touchdown. Uh, when they were down 21, nothing, it looked like maybe they'd get blown out of that game and cook had that big play and they kind of got back in the game and probably would have won it if Kirk cousins hadn't, hadn't made an inexcusable pass on first down <laughs> in the end zone. Um, they play the Raiders this week. Uh, they are a, they're the third biggest favorite. I think they're nine point favorites at home against the Raiders. A lot of big home favorites this week. Um, Oakland held the, the Kansas City rundown game down really well last week. Damian Williams and, uh, LaShawn McCoy did nothing. Uh, Philip Lindsay and, uh, Royce Freeman did do pretty well week one. So they gave, uh, they gave uh, 99 yards to those guys, but a really good game script for cook, you know, at home nine point favorite should be milking the clock in the second half. Uh, of all the running backs in the NFL, he looks the best to me so far in, in the first two weeks. Oh, for sure. For sure. Although Austin Eckler's look pretty good as well. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it, it definitely makes sense. I think we want to kind of hesitate a little bit on the whole like the they did pretty well against the Kansas City running game because like does Kansas City even need a running game? Like, no. Um, so at that point, the he makes a ton of sense. Like, I think uh, that he's still in a tier like below Elliot and McCaffrey. Um, but, uh, you, you know, you get the price difference on him at least. So that, that helps, but I don't know. It's, um, the, the Raiders defense has been pretty good against, uh, running back so far. I mean, it's a two game sample. So, um, it wasn't just against the, the chiefs that they did this. And so, I mean, I, I understand, um, the, the possibility like we all kind of looked at the Raiders as a joke and now we're, maybe they're not that bad um although now that I'm like looking deeper at it I guess playing Denver and Kansas City running games <laughs> don't tell you a whole lot so uh I don't know maybe I'm warming up just as I, I talk through it more yeah and it's funny the first couple of weeks we talked about how everybody's oh the mid-range the mid-range the mid-range they you know both sites have priced these guys up you know yeah. Cook's 7,800 on DraftKings 8,300 on Fanduel. You know those guys were in the six thousands, uh, at least on DraftKings the the first couple of weeks. So you, you you're starting to see that progression up the salary chart, and it, it's kind of made this mid range not nearly as appealing as it has been the first couple of weeks. Is there anybody in the in the mid range you are, you are jumping to this week? I think that uh, your answer is probably going to be David Johnson, but uh, go ahead. Um, I I mean he's I wouldn't even really call him mid range. I mean I guess he's he's cheaper than than that group, but like if you're if you're at David Johnson and for 400 more, you could have Austin Eckler, like 
I'm yeah. Not gonna, yeah, I think you make that move. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you look at it's Johnson, uh, James Connor um, at San Francisco, which, uh, you know, my guess is that the, the idea is to give him as many touches as possible, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to get there for him. The, the Green Bay situation seems like split enough that I probably don't want to touch Aaron Jones, at least in cash. And then, and, and the co- and the coach came out this week and said he wants to split it. More. He wants to split it, right? Yeah. Um, like, come on, get like, out of here. With, yeah, why? Get out of here with Jamal Williams, right? Oh. And yeah. so, uh, I mean, you can look at Mark Ingram. I think if if you consider that, then like, you know, the the more that Ingram touches the ball means the fewer minutes that Mahomes has the ball. Um, Marlon Mack, if he's healthy, which it doesn't sound like he will be, you know, if he plays, he's certainly not 100. percent But like, you know, running backs against Atlanta seem to to have been pretty good, although he's not like a great pass catcher. Um, I really want Matt Breida to be the guy, Scott. But he like Matt Matt is, Breida's awesome. But is it possible that they just that they all do well every week? Uh, it's not possible they all do well every week, but uh, it's possible that they they mix and match every week. I mean, Breida looked awesome last week. Yeah. He had a run. He had a run of the third and one that looked like like almost Barry Sanders esque. We had like three different cutbacks mm-hmm. and, and gained like thirty yards. A great play. Twelve carries, one hundred twenty-one yards, but he only played twenty-one snaps. Yeah, I think crazy. that's the biggest thing is that everybody freaked out about the goal line carries and like he had a big he had that big run and then Jeff Wilson came in and got the touchdown. Um, I think the twenty-one snaps is what really jumps out to me. I mean, they're using him when he's in there, but if he's only playing twenty-one snaps, that that certainly puts a ceiling in his production. Yeah, and 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 it's not like they're choosing him over or they're taking him out for one guy. Like it's literally two other guys we have to worry about. Uh, less than we Raheem, want. Them. Raheem Mostert can jet, by the way. He, yeah, he, his, the way he went through the, he went through like two guys last week on a screen pass. And it was like, he hit the, hit the button and Madden he hit the X button. And just right. all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, it was just like a, this burst that you like, you didn't see coming. It just flew by. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I would love, I would love it to be one of the him, but it's uh, apparently it's not the, the question that I think you have to ask yourself which is really something I never in my life thought this would ever come up. And I can't believe I am saying it. I know where you're going. But if you look at guys like that in this range and you say, would I rather pl- pay 6,800 on DraftKings for David Johnson when I could just pay 4,400 for Frank Gore? <laughs> I knew where you're going. Like, That's what, crazy. What year is this? What are we doing? Frank Gore is a robot is the problem. It, yeah. Um, so, Everything like lines up perfectly for Gore this week. Uh, it sounds like Singletary is not going to play, or he's going to be severely limited because of his hamstring injury. Uh, they're playing the Bengals, who can't stop anybody anyway, but particularly on the ground. And he's forty four hundred on DraftKings. And uh, I'm trying to flick over here. He was cheap. He's, on. I got it. He's uh, he's fifty seven hundred on FanDuel. Right. And it's like you <laughs> you you need to be prepared for disappointment uh and i i can see myself on sunday afternoon being like well he was 4400 so like i I can't be that upset with uh with nine points but it really like it's it's so cheap for a guy who could have almost all the touches that it's like when you build a lineup with frank gore and you just like fuzz out his name and you look at the rest of your lineup and you're like, wow, this, this, you can really do a lot with this. And then you're like, but I'm, I'm relying on Frank Gore to get me there. Do you think he gets us there? Uh, well, Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida last week were 25 carries for 204 yards against the <laughs> Bengals. So 
Um, I probably, there's probably not many people would have thought uh, that going last week. And Gore had 19 carries last week. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, Isaiah Singletary got banged up. But 19 carries, two targets, two catches. Uh, I just, I, I looked at him all week and I see the 4,400 and I, I'll probably have him in some spots, but yeah, you, you gotta mention, you gotta be re- you're, you gotta be ready for some disappointment. You know, he, there's, there's a good chance that he goes 13 carries for 39 yards. You're like, what the hell was I doing? But the matchup's good. The price is good. They're favored. It should be a game. They win. They have a quarterback that runs the ball. So, you know, you got to key on Allen a little bit to open up some lanes for Gore. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you probably need him to score a touchdown because he's not going to go for 160 yards, but um, it certainly it certainly lines up well on paper to be as good a Frank Gore week as we're going to get uh, probably in the last four or five years. See, I'm actually not that worried about the touches. Like, I don't think that we're going to get into a situation where he has like 13. Like, he had 11 in week one and rushed for 20 yards. Yep. And he had 19 <laughs> last week and rushed for 68, 3.6 yards per carry. Like, I think there's a decent chance that they run him 20 to 25 times and he has like 47 yards. <laughs> and TJ Yeldon has two touchdowns. Yeah, that's the, you could get the TJ Yeldon in there. I uh, I don't know if they'll run him. I don't think they'll go over twenty carries on Gore, but I didn't think he had nineteen right. carries. I didn't think they had nineteen carries last week either. So it's one of those things that um, it's and that was you know the same kind of situation. They were they were leading and, and favored against the Giants. They kind of milking the clock and, and trying to win the game in the second half. Uh, it certainly lines up on that on that note, like a same situation. We have Sony Michelle that's at six thousand on DraftKings, sixty eight hundred on FanDuel. Very similar game shift to him last week. So you look at last week, he had uh, twenty one carries, eighty five yards, and a touchdown. He only had thirty five snaps, but whenever he was in, they were running the ball and they handed it to him. I mean, how much do you think that that you know we're kind of exact same game script as last week, and he does the same thing again? Yeah, I think he's probably the best one in that group. Like at least in terms of a floor, um, I'm not sure he has like the upside to to go nuts for a gpp at, at six thousand. like i think you're probably better off trying to get more out of david johnson uh, i i kind of want to put connor in there but i'm not going to but I, I just think uh michelle is kind of the same way that like if he scores a touchdown early um or i mean two touchdowns probably probably gets you there but right i don't know it just seems like they there's no there's no path for him to have like this explosive game where He's kind of outscoring everybody else in this range. And so, um, I don't know. The, the, just to go, f- hopefully, the final thing on Gore, to compare him with the, the 49ers guys, though. Like, any one of the 49ers guys can rip off an 80-yard touchdown. That is the difference, yes. And I don't think Gore could get to 18. And so, um, <laughs> like, you're playing Gore for a floor, and you really like the, the upside, the, the ceiling game for Frank Gore at this point is probably like 15 points. But he's 40. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the ceiling is probably, you know, they get down to the two twice and he scores twice and has 60 yards. And you maybe you get to maybe you get to 20. Maybe. OK. And but that, that's ceiling and that that would involve having to score two touchdowns. Right. Exactly. Which they could against Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, it's lined up for that. But um uh, it's just it's he's th- like the most mispriced player in terms of like opportunity like if you just didn't right. like if it was Singletary like if Gore is out and Singletary is 43 you're like I'm locking him he's in like, he's like 48 percent owned exactly yeah. and so uh this is just the flip side and so like if Joe Mixon was out in a different situation and Gio Bernard was 4200 you're like I mean people were thinking about Bernard last week at like a thousand more and uh I don't think it's worth trying to get that against Buffalo but like you're, you're so getting... are you are you playing Gore in your main cash lineup? Um, on I, this Friday morning at seven thirty Pacific. Yeah, I 
I like everything else that I can do with my lineup with Gore than when I can't. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Gore's not uh, the only any- one, unfortunately. There's another giant leap of faith that we'll get to later. Uh, in running backs or different position? No, different position. Okay. Uh, but the two of them backs- combined. Oh, I got gotcha. Oh, boy. Oh, nice tease. Um, on running backs, is there anybody else in this lower range? The only guy that I looked at was Miles Sanders. He's 3,900 yeah. DraftKings. Uh, 5,400 on FanDuel, another guy with a, with a nice game script. Uh, the Eagles are favored this weekend against Detroit. Um, my only concern with him is just the, the work right now. You know, he had 10 carries last week and four targets. He's got to break one to be worth worthwhile. And he can't do it. He's the kind of guy that could break a big one. But I don't like going in knowing that, I, you know, I'm going to need a 40-yard touchdown to really, uh, to really have it pay off. Yeah. I mean, what is, what's the realistic, uh, like, uh, way to get to 15 points between Sanders and like Rex Burkhead. Yeah. It's you take they, they got to Burkhead has to, score, has to catch like seven passes or Sanders has to score a 45 yard touchdown for that to happen. I mean, Burkhead had 13 and a half on DraftKings in week one against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And so like he, and they won't be heard from for six weeks and then he'll score like 36 points. Whatever. Right. But it could be yeah. week three against the jets. Could be. Yeah. I just like both of them have kind of limited touches, uh, Sanders, I think, has obviously has more upside, but I don't know. It's it, I th- I feel like you're better off. What about Darren Sproles? Yeah, I mean, I just I don't like Sproles as much because he uh, he's an out of the backfield guy catching passes. I don't think they'll need that in the second half. Yeah. But okay. um, sure. I mean, he you know if they if they get in a shootout with Detroit, which I think is possible. I think the Philly defense is really struggling right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't argue I wouldn't argue Sproles against Sanders if uh, you made me. I just uh, I just think I'd probably lean Sanders just and hope that the game script works well. But uh, I don't know, thirty nine hundred is really really cheap, and uh, you know a guy that uh, does have some upside, but it would strictly be a GPP flyer. Even there, I don't think I'm, I'm going to use him. Yeah, and while we're speaking of the uh, Lions Eagles game, um, welcome back to the NFL. Paul Perkins signed with the Lions <laughs> earlier this week. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they, they cut C.J. Anderson to get him aboard. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta make. You got to make moves when Paul Perkins becomes available. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Life is all about tough choices, but that one was pretty easy. It's easy for you to slide him in now, but wait till like week fourteen, and you really got to work to get his name in. There. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about some passing games. Let's talk about some quarterbacks, some stacks, some wide receivers. But first, a note from our sponsor, Fantasy Draft. FantasyDraft.com would like to bring an important message about Rake. Are you tired of paying high fees to play Daily Fantasy? Did you know that over time, these fees called Rake can cost Daily Fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll? As Daily Fantasy sites continue to raise Rake, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder and harder for players like you to win. More Rake just means more money lining the pockets of the big DFS sites and less money for players. But change has arrived. Fantasy Draft has changed the game bringing you rake-free daily fantasy. That's right. You're now able to play your favorite contest without paying any rake at all. On Fantasy Draft, 100% of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100% of the time. Playing your favorite contest, rake-free on Fantasy Draft, will save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars of rake every month. Rake-free daily fantasy is truly a game changer. Just imagine what playing a Fantasy Draft is going to do for your bankroll. Register at FantasyDraft.com today to take part in the rake-free revolution. Use promo code RWNFL to receive a free seven-day trial. So, Andrew, let's start at the top with quarterbacks. Let's talk about uh, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Mahomes is 7,600 on DraftKings, 9,200 on FanDuel. He is priced way up there. Uh, Jackson, 7,000 on DraftKings, 8,500 on FanDuel. Uh, how do you feel about these two guys? Obviously, we kind of talked about in the beginning. We we're talking about the, the high totals. Uh, do you have a preference between the two of them this week, or are you just kind of ride Mahomes until you don't have to anymore? I think you can make a reasonable argument for either one. Um, I think based on, like, match up the Ravens defense is better than the Chiefs and so you can say maybe Lamar has more more upside but like I feel like every week we make some 
reason we come up with a reason of like this is why Mahomes really isn't that great this week and then there he is again with like 400 yards and three touchdowns and so um yep. I mean th- what's nice about these prices is that like you you have to like budget for them like normally quarterback prices aren't that drastically high that um that you you're making like significant concessions because there always seems to be somebody a little cheaper who you're like oh I can get away with that um but these guys are are I mean the 9200 on FanDuel I'm, I can't remember the last time I saw a quarterback that high yeah. um and he's obviously the most expensive on on DraftKings the the pivot like is the first pivot away from both of these guys Dak Prescott yeah, I think that's that's the obvious one, unless you want to go uh, down the board a little bit and get cheaper, and we'll talk about some guys there. But I think I think if you're going to just save a little bit of money, I think Dak's the easy one there. Great matchup. He's on fire. Um, and obviously the new Kellen Moore uh, offensive coordinator stuff we've talked about before and everybody's talked about this week. And, um, you know, he also ran for 70 yards last week, Prescott did. And he had, he had 260 yards passing, three touchdowns. He had 404, 405 and four touchdowns the week before. I just wonder how much they throw in the second half. I mean, I know we say that a bunch and you've got to get up and you've got to, they got to score a bunch of points to get ahead. But you know, if Zeke scores twice in the first half and they don't really need Dak, I just wonder, you know, how much they go off the gas pedal against the worst team I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> right. I think that's ultimately, I mean, you're going to have to get the first half, a game's worth of points in the first half is, is kind of the idea right. with Adam Prescott. And that's like, obviously they have Ezekiel Elliott who if Elliott, unless he's catching a short pass and, and uh, scoring a touchdown, like anything that Elliott does tends to take away from Prescott. Um, but we also have Tom Brady, who has kind of a, not a similar situation to Prescott, but like they have running backs they can use. Uh, the Jets can't stop anybody. And so, uh, you know, the, the Patriots are a little more uh, frustrating in the fact that they can score 50 points uh, you know, two touchdowns from the defense, and then all of a sudden, like Brady, <laughs> yep. sixty six hundred isn't that isn't that great? But I do think Brady is a little below the other guy, like those three guys. Um, Fanduel agreed by making him you know more or cheaper than guys like Rogers and Cam if he plays. But um, it's it seems like the the guys right after this elite group and um, my love for Zeke this week probably gets me off of Prescott. Yep. at least in cash. Um, but it seems like everybody in the middle is kind of the same. I, they all, I mean, there are guys that you probably won't, like, I'm, I doubt a lot of people are going to play Cam Newton if, if he's healthy enough to play. Um, because like you can pay up a little more for Rogers who has like a decently tough matchup against Denver, but like not that bad. Your boy, Jimmy G has a decent situation. Um, but that's another, like they, San Francisco is able to score in, in a number of different ways. So you keep looking at this and you're like, all right, if we're looking at um, at Prescott uh, in a game where we have a, a 47, 48 total uh, and they, they should blow them out. And I see this other game that has a total of 48 and it's only a six point home favorite with a team that has two elite wide receivers in it. Why wouldn't I just take that guy? And who's that guy? Jameis Winston. You going Jameis Winston on me again? I am. Oh no. Winston and Gore. Like where do you go wrong? Yeah, it's uh well there's a lot there's a lot of ways you go wrong. Um yeah, I mean, I have Winston on my sheet. He's 5,400 on, on DraftKings. I mean, obviously, the two great wide receivers you mentioned um, should be a great tight end, although O.J. Howard is missing in action at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, 
Winston hasn't been over 210 yards yet, and he's had those receivers in the first two games. Yeah. Uh, but a great matchup. I mean, Dak went crazy on them in week one. Um, you know, Josh Allen had 250 yards and a, and a rushing score last week. So I get it. The Giants are bad. Um, it's a really good matchup. I uh, I just not sure I can trust Jameis again. I see the path. I see how it works, and I see that uh, you know Bruce Arians and I they had the most passing yards in the NFL last year. Um, I just think if I'm going Jameis Winston at 5400, I'm jumping up to Kyler Murray or Josh Allen for four or five hundred bucks more instead. I think that's totally reasonable. <laughs> um, I don't think you're going below him though. Can we agree that way? Um, I'd rather have Jacoby Brissett. I think. Wow. Nah, probably not. I, I could see that. I could see the path for Brissett in a in a game where they uh, them in Atlanta kind of go back and forth. But Brissett hasn't passed for 200 yards yet. No, I, right. I go Jameis over Brissett. I'll check okay. that. And you like yeah. what about Dalton? Uh, I'd go Jameis over Dalton. Okay. See, so now we're like, there's really. I mean, I'm not taking uh, Derek Carr at Minnesota. Um, Nor I'm not taking Derek Carr anywhere. He's <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> He's not a good, not a good quarterback. People need to stop with Derek Carr. All he does is dump it down, and check it down. He's right. so bad. Right. So then, and then we we have uh, all the changes. We've got Daniel Jones, we've got Rudolph, Bridgewater, uh, Falk, uh, Rosen, and like you're not going to play these guys. I mean, go Josh nuts Rosen. If you play Josh Rosen's guys. terrible at football, by the way. Wow, wow, terrible. Okay, I watched him at UCLA. They called him the chosen one when he came in. He was never good, not yeah. once. Um, I guess Flacco is in this group. So like, at least we can say that Cousins is better than all those guys. Uh, yeah, I, I take I take Winston over that whole that that group for sure. It's at fifty four hundred uh, on Fanduel. He's more expensive he than Kyler. He's two he's two hundred below Josh Allen. I definitely would not take him there. Uh, I see the path on DraftKings, and I, I I fully get it with the two elite wide receivers. I just uh, he burned me week one, and I just I haven't seen much from him that that shows me he's going to take advantage of those guys. I mean, he hasn't uh, hasn't had a big game yet, and you know both in decent situations. They played Carolina that, that the second week, and they played the Niners the first week. Maybe maybe the Niners defense is uh, is actually legit, and there is that, and they, they pressured him a lot. But um, I just think I like Allen and Murray a little bit more, and they're not that much more expensive. But uh, I see the path. I think that's the same route, Murray or or Dalton. Uh, excuse me, Murray or Allen. Um, it does seem that uh, Garoppolo is much higher priced on DraftKings than he is on FanDuel. Like FanDuel is giving the Niners no respect. Yeah, that's 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 kind of an insult to me personally. I think <laughs> you're just not going to play there this week because of it. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I'm not I get expecting it. like a huge game, but it, it's weird to see him behind a lot of the guys that um, he's ahead of on DraftKings, and I feel like he should be in this group. Like he's more expensive than Aaron Rodgers on DraftKings. And Rodgers is like the fifth most expensive on on FanDuel. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a bit much on to be above Rodgers. I mean, Kyle Shanahan can flat out call plays. I watched a bunch of that stuff back last week, and he just does some genius stuff. But uh, my only concern is that you know if Mason Rudolph is not good, I think the Niners could run the ball a bunch, and I just I just don't know where the points are coming from. I think Garoppolo's going to have some big weeks. I just don't know if we'll be able to time them very well based on how they run their offense. Okay, that's reasonable. My only thing, and I want to go back real quick. My only thing with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson that's interesting is usually when we get these elite quarterbacks, it's really hard to stack with them. You know, you have Drew Brees, you got to play Michael Thomas. You have Matt Ryan, you got to play Julio Jones. I feel like with Mahomes, you can drop down and play, like last week, Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman. You can play cheaper guys than Lamar Jackson. Like his stack would probably be Marquise Brown, who played a lot of snaps last week after not playing many the first week and doing well. But it seems to me that the, the advantage with right now with these two big quarterbacks is you can you can stack them with cheaper guys, which you, you're usually not able to do with the elite quarterbacks. Mark Andrews too. Yeah, exactly. Mark yeah. Andrews is still really cheap on draft picks, really and cheap. I don't 
I don't know. I mean, Fanduel has priced him way up. I think he's sixty eight hundred there, but uh, he's really cheap on on DraftKings. You can and you just you can get away with these guys right now, and that's not going to last forever. Yeah. You know, as as some receivers emerge, and we have Sammy Watkins is pretty expensive, but as receivers emerge, like if Marquise Brown keeps playing well, he's going to be up there. But right now, and the advantage of being able to pay up these guys is that you can pay down at receiver and stack them well. Yeah, and Robinson's actually more expensive than Hart- Hardman now on on DraftKings after last week's explosion. But um, yeah, it does seem like I mean. I, do you think Watkins is actually under-owned this week because people are like, oh, I'll just pay down 1600 and 1800 on DraftKings for Robinson or Hardman? A thousand percent. I love going with a Mahomes-Watkins stack this week. Ooh, I think okay. that er- everybody's off Watkins. Everybody's going to be Robinson, Hardman, Robinson, Hardman. They're, what are they, 5200 or yeah, so on, uh, on DraftKings? Yeah, so and walk or walking to sixty eight hundred, I think it's a perfect spot to 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 pay up for him and get kind of get the bounce back from last week. And you know, I think that uh, the Ravens are going to be aware of Robinson and Hardman now, and they're going to cover them and they're going to be in their game plan. And that uh, that just uh, it makes Watkins not quite the focus that he might have been week two in the game planning. Yeah, they're they're much closer on Fanduel. Um, Watkins seventy one, Robinson sixty seven, Hardman sixty three. Like there's no there's no way I'd pay for those two guys if I can get Watkins that yeah, exactly. that much that le- that little of a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. So let's uh, let's jump into wide receivers. You mentioned Sammy Watkins. Uh, sticking to the top, uh, I think a lot of people like Keenan Allen this week. Uh, is there anybody uh, these elite guys that you're you're really targeting as maybe a, a difference maker for you? Uh, it, they all kind of have question marks. These top guys, like not that you can ever like question DeAndre Hopkins. Like the guy is ridiculous, but. Um, you know, do you really need to pay 7,800 for him when, um, I feel like there are cheaper guys like, like the chiefs guys that like you can kind of fill out. I mean, we have, uh, I think Amari Cooper is obviously in a great spot. Um, but there's kind of cheaper access to the Cowboys passing game. Also, how much do they pass? Cause they're going to be up so much. Do they get ahead because of that? I mean, Michael Thomas is like a non-consideration for me at this point because of the, the lack of Drew Brees. Julio Jones, I think makes sense. Um, he might make more sense than anybody else above him, um, unless uh, unless you think Hopkins is better. But I don't know. I, Julio jumps out at me from this top group, but I'm not sure he like jumps out enough that I need to get him. The guy that I really like in this range, and I agree with you. I you know Hopkins is a is a week that uh, I just don't pay up for him. I mean the Chargers uh, the Chargers defense is good. They're yeah. on the road. Hopkins can go off against anybody, but I'm just not. This is not a week I'm paying up for him. The guy I really like this week in this range is actually Devontae Adams. He, uh, he just just the guy in Green Bay. You know, I think we're seeing that, you know, John Allison and Marquez Valdez Scanley, those guys are kind of mix and match every week. And we get some Jimmy Graham here and there. But, you know, Adams had nine targets last week and eight targets week one. He's played Chicago and Minnesota. I know Denver defense is pretty good, but he's coming off uh, probably, you know, maybe the two best defenses in the NFC in Chicago and Minnesota. It's Chicago for sure. In Minnesota, he went to Xavier Rhodes, you know, seven, seven catches, 106 yards, has not scored a touchdown yet. I think we're just kind of due for that big Devontae Adams game. I think that uh, they're at home. Tyrell Williams uh, got uh, Denver pretty good week one. They did shut Allen Robinson down last week. But uh, I think Devontae Adams in a week that he's going to be kind of slide under the radar. Nobody's talking about him. He's going to be lower percentage than he should be, lower percentage than normal. Aaron Rodgers looked good last week, especially early when they were when they were scoring on Minnesota. I think Devontae Adams is my favorite play at the top here, and I think he's going to be pretty low-owned. I think that's a great call because I feel like I've read enough this week of People saying and no, that they're not nothing really, about Adams, right? Yeah, not yeah. really much about Adams yeah. or some negative stuff about Adams because of Chris Harris. But I, I mean, you're right, though. He's the guy, um, at least like we singular guy. Like we know that uh, MVS and Allison will get catches, but obviously Adams is the primary one. Uh, the group below 
has a guy that you and I have both said that we loved and one of these things that we probably would keep it to ourselves, but because we have a podcast, we don't, yep. um, is Mike Evans. Love, and love. You, that's what you were like. Evans is one of my favorite plays this week. And yet when I mentioned Jameis Winston, you just scoff at me. Uh, that's because I don't think Jameis is good, but I mean, I think that Mike <laughs> Evans is so good and uh, he's just, he's just cheap this week. I mean, it's, it's strictly a price play for me. I mean, I, I didn't do the math, but he's 6,600 DraftKings. So that puts him, you know, what, uh, 12th or so among yeah, receivers this that. week. I mean, that, that seems crazy. I mean, he's, he's cheaper than Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin has been better so far and has outpriced him. But Evans, uh, Evans has, you know, had thir- what, 13 targets on the year. He had eight targets last week. He was four for 61. They throw to him deep. I think in a GPP world, he's just the perfect guy this week. 6,600 DraftKings, 7,100 on FanDuel. Great matchup against the Giants. We talked about that. I mean, and I don't trust Jameis fully, but they're going to throw the ball. They're going to get put the ball in the air. I just think it's Evans. Uh, Evans is a perfect week this week. Has not scored yet. Um, I, I, I think he's in a perfect spot, and I love him priced down this week. I think that, that price is insane. He's way too cheap for a guy of his talent. Yeah, I mean, if you just kind of look back at his previous prices, I mean, it happens with all the Bucks because they were early on. But like he was 7900 which would be the, the most expensive wide receiver on the slate. That 79 was in week one. Yep. And so, um, yeah, it's like, I feel like everybody was so high on Godwin and it's obviously paid off because he's now more expensive. But I kind of wonder if people are like thinking that Godwin is the guy now, or do they look at both of them and say like, well, why would I take, why would I pay 6,900 when I can pay 66 for Evans? Or is it actually the other way? If you're like, I really like Evans, but like for 300 more, I get Godwin. Why wouldn't I just take that? Um, I think he's, you know, he has been the first couple of weeks, but I think Evans is just as good, if not better. And I, I love, I like them both, but I mean, you know, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup, both smoked them in week one. Yeah. The giants, this is uh Cole Beasley and John Brown had 150 combined yards last week. And, you know, Josh Allen is not the greatest thrower in the world. Still at 250 yards. I just think it's a great matchup. Um, you love Jameis. So it, it, when you, whoa, are you going to pair whoa, him? Whoa, 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 whoa. You love Jameis. Whoa. That's your boy. No, 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 no. You're considering Jameis. How about that? Uh, yeah, I think I think Jameis is in a very good has do a very you, good do you, opportunity. Do you stack them with both, or do you just go one of them? How do, how are you going to attack that if you when you pair them up? Um, I think you could. Yeah, I think you could actually absolutely play both of them. I mean, you could game stack this one pretty easily because nobody's really that expensive. I mean, you can um, the running backs, the uh, Tampa's running backs. It sounds like Peyton Barber is supposed to. You know, it's like the. The, uh, this was a phrase that we kind of used on the soccer podcast for a while, but like the, the Tampa Bay running backs, they're just guys. Like there's one guy and like, he yep. might be, but like, they're just guys. They're, they're not like people we want to go after. Um, I call them, I call them Jags. Just a guy, <laughs> just a guy. They're perfect. Uh, yeah. and so, um, I don't think you really even need to like consider them. So that's why we're looking at like Winston, Godwin and Evans. You run it back with, uh, Barkley and, and Evan Ingram. Like what? Doesn't that look great? Uh, it does look great. I mean, it's uh, it's got Jameis in there, so it scares me a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> I think this game could get that way um, pretty easily. I, I think that's a interesting game stack. Uh, I think that uh, I might go sneaky Sterling Shepard if I was coming back. Sure. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, any kind of combo there uh, makes a lot of sense. And if you give, it's one of those weeks you get both Godwin and Evans in. That's tough to do. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's it's just very odd. Um, and. Because like they both can't have huge games, uh, right? If Winston without Jameis going up, right? right exactly. And so um, that obviously doesn't mean they're both going to have huge games. But um, you know, you get to the point where um, you know you you th- none of them are really that expensive. So like the a full stack, 
this full game stack, um, even including Shepard, because Shepard's now, I mean, 4,900, my God, um, that, you know, you probably need one cheap running back um, whose name may rhyme with core, and you're set. <laughs> you're, you're really loving the Frank Gore this week. Um, <laughs> this is like, you- I should probably be kicked off this podcast for how much I'm talking about Frank Gore and Jameis Winston. Um, yeah, hey, that's what, that's what DFS does, though, week by Jeez. week. You don't have to play them all, all year. It's just this week. Right. Um, two other guys in this range that uh, I do like a lot in the uh, in the in the you know 6600 range with Evans. Uh, first one is actually Julian Edelman. I think Edelman's really sneaky this week. 6300 drafting, 6900 Fanduel. Everybody's talking about Antonio Brown. Uh, the Patriots obviously made a point early in the game to go to him. Uh, hidden that fact is he only played 24 snaps last week. They are a huge favorite this week against the Jets. I still think they're easing him in. He's still learning the offense. They, they just made a point of going at him last week. It's just the way the Patriots are. They wanted to make a point and go to him. And they, they kind of fed him early on. He had three catches on the first drive. Scored on the second drive. I think the thing about Edelman, he played every he plays almost every snap. He had 67 and 66 snaps last two weeks. He had 11 targets week one. Only four last week, but still was four for 51. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to have Edelman. I think people will have Evans in this range. I think people have Kenny Galladay in this range, who I like also. The Jets have given up a 100-yard wide receiver in each game. I think Edelman this week at a low percentage in a game where they're going to score points. I get they might not throw in the second half, but uh, I love sliding Edelman at this price this week. Uh, in my totally like biased opinion that I've seen every like Jets-Patriots game, if you told me that Edelman averages like 17 catches a game against the Jets, <laughs> I'd totally believe you. So, you know, I don't think he gets in the end zone, but he probably gets the touchdowns worth two touchdowns worth of, of receptions um, because, I mean, the Jets, I, I really don't think the Jets can cover anybody on this New England offense. And so Edelman just always like he is always wide open against yep. the Jets, like wide open. It, this feels like an Edelman week to me. And it's yeah, probably like a little that. bit, a little bit of gut feeling there and a little bit of low percentage. But I, I think in all these big names, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, six foot, like all the kind of games in the same price. I think Edelman's going to kind of fall, slip through the cracks a little bit this week. Yeah, and and this is like the, the reason why I don't really love the upper tier uh, wideouts is because this tier is so like looks so much better. Like, even yeah. starting at Thielen, Galladay, um, it's weird to see um, uh, Boyd is still more expensive than um, than Ross on DraftKings, but I think Ross is actually more expensive on FanDuel now, if I remember correctly. Um, but like. I'm probably not going to boy, to boy, but like Hilton, I love. Uh, I think there are going to be plenty of people who think that Lockett could have a big game this week, but there are probably people who say that every week. Um, I don't know. There's a lot in this range that makes me think like if I can go with these guys instead of the upper tier ones, then I have more money that I don't have to have Frank Gore. Yeah, I love this tier too. It's kind of like the running backs we had week one. I love the mid-range yeah. uh, tier in wide receivers. And the other guy, I mentioned Kenny Dolly real quick. The Eagles are sneaky bad against yeah, wide receivers. Uh, Julio and Ridley each had 105 yards last week, and they had three touchdowns combined. Terry McLaurin had five for 125 on them last week. And if you look at last year, they got lit up by wide receiver once almost all year long. It's just like a slew of 100-yard touchdown games. It's pretty wild. Gully has 19 targets the first couple of weeks. You know, there was a lot of spreading it around week one. They kind of went away from that week two. It was it was pretty much Galladay. Danny Amendola didn't even have a target after having 13 the first week. I just think Galladay is super talented, just really, really good. 6,600 on DraftKings, 7,000 on FanDuel. He's a play for me on both sides. Um, on that, we didn't really talk about Stafford at all. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned a little bit that, you know, this maybe this game could get a little bit uh, a little bit over. Um, I just think with Stafford, there's just other guys I'd rather play. I just yeah. think that <laughs> I like 
I, there's other quarterbacks I'd rather play, and they they seem like they're trying to run the ball more and not throwing as much. They threw a lot in week one, just they got in that game with Arizona that went to you know essentially went an extra ten minutes with the with the full overtime and the tie. Um, kind of pulled it back a little bit last week against the Chargers. I just I don't love uh, I don't love the offense. I just love Galladay. Okay, so you love Mike Evans and don't like Winston, and you love Galladay and you don't like Stafford. Absolutely, okay. I like just uh, checking. Just checking. Hey, narrow pass trees, man. Just get get my guy the ball and don't worry about anybody else. Love it, love it. Yeah. Uh, in the in the cheaper range, there's a lot of wide receivers. Like, I mean, the, the two that stick out to me, and I, I feel like they're just fully mispriced more than more than anything else. And a better word for it is is both uh, Arizona Cardinals receivers. Yeah. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, 5,100 on DraftKings. He has over 100 yards both weeks. They throw the ball a ton. He has 24 targets already. He had 13 week one, 11 week two. Um, Chris Godwin you know, had a, had a great game against Carolina last week. And then Christian Kirk is 5,000 on DraftKings, 5,900 on, on FanDuel. He has 20 targets already too. You know, He had he had eight targets last week, 114 yards on six catches. We've mentioned this can be a fast-paced game, a lot of plays run. I just think both these guys are super playable at a, at a range that I don't think they should be priced in. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's it's kind of odd that I mean they're essentially volume plays, but like yeah. we, that's what we want. Like efficiency is great and all, but like if you don't have the volume, then it doesn't matter. And like all the Cardinals are is volume, and so um, yeah, I think I completely agree. I think they're both um, way underpriced. My guess is is that like it'll take one more touchdown for each of them to then yeah. you know they'll, then they'll be in the sixty five hundred range. Um, because the, I mean, the targets are going to be there. Like we, we know that, that they're going to throw. Um, but this range is kind of, I mean, uh, this is where we find, uh, Hardman and a few of the San Francisco guys in a game that you kind of expect them to score some points. Um, John Brown continues to look pretty good, uh, for yep. the bills. He's in this range. Uh, Ridley looked like unstoppable last week or was that Monday? Um, I don't know if this is the week Sunday, Sunday night. night. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. All those, all those uh, night games are the same to me, except they Thursday. Are. We all know what Thursday is. Um, <laughs> Bad. But like, again, we have like a number of guys in this range that, uh, I mean, here's Robinson. We mentioned him before that if you're, if you're looking at what, how much upside am I getting um, from a guy like Fitzgerald or Hardman or Robinson or, um, Goodwin, we mentioned Shepard before, and it's like, are these guys that much? Are, are they realistically twenty five hundred dollars less productive than uh, Amari Cooper or Julio Jones? And when you convince yourself that they're not, um, then you can pay up for you know guys like McCaffrey and Barkley and and Zeke because uh, they tend to be a little more reliable. Whereas the wide receiver position is simply just the most variant. Um, at least in terms of guys who were per- consistently uh, getting touches, and so that you know, it's 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 an e- easier week to pay down on at wide receiver just because we have these volume guys that just don't seem to be priced up on DraftKings yet. Yeah, I was scrolling down. And I'm like, oh, like that price, like that price, like that price, like over and over. So I found myself doing the same thing. And the other guy we didn't mention here, we talked about him earlier. Marquise Brown is kind of in this range. He's 5,900 yeah. on DraftKings, 6,100 on FanDuel. It's funny because week one, everybody's like, oh, you know, he, he just didn't play enough snaps. It was just a lucky he got a couple big passes. But completely flipped in week two. He played 51 snaps. He had 13 targets week yeah. two. He had eight catches, 86 yards. Just wild. He played 14 snaps week one, and I, I maybe maybe Baltimore was like, "Oh my god, like what do we have here? Like he's really that good." And I mean, he was fully involved. 13 targets week two. I mean, talk about a, a flip of two weeks. Uh, he just looks fantastic in a game that obviously we talked about before is 
you know, Baltimore's going to have to score to win this game. This is not a 17-14 slog it out with Lamar Jackson, you know, only running game. They're going to have to throw the ball. Kansas City defenses can be had. It, it's hard to go away from Brown after what, he, what he's done the first two weeks. Totally agree. It's, it's almost uh, unheard of that, like, you see a guy and you're like, wow, he should get a lot more touches. And then he does. <laughs> like, I know. It never, it never happens. No. It's, like, it's, everyone's it's, like, oh, it's amazing. It actually does. Right. NFL coaches are so dumb. This guy looks so great. And it's like, no, they <laughs> totally flipped it. And that's like, yeah, well, let's get this guy the ball. I totally agree. I mean, like the number of guys that we've name dropped in this section um, are, you know, and they're not all like for those who focus more on cash games. Like, I still think that the Arizona guys are probably better than, than these. But um, even if you just... Um, stay in that game. Like DJ Moore at 5,900 is fairly priced. Um, Samuel is really cheap. I mean, obviously um, whether we get um, Kyle Allen under center or not, but like Samuel is uh, on that note is losing Cam Newton bad for these receivers. He, he looks so bad throwing the ball. I'm not sure that's a bad thing. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, like it, it almost makes you think maybe I don't want to play them if Cam does play, <laughs> like which sounds crazy because right. uh, normally, I mean, we we liked those guys earlier this season, earlier this season, two weeks, you know, two <laughs> games because um, because of Cam. But like in a game where they may have to like keep up the pace, keep up the points, like Samuel at forty eight hundred seems like pretty cheap. That that whole game just seems um, fairly underpriced because it's not like I mean, I guess the total is fairly low just because maybe the expectation is that they're a bunch of yards, but not a lot of points, but I don't know. They're the, this mid to low, I mean, this is getting cheap for these guys and um, they're all, they all have like a path to be like very, very good. Yeah. And when in doubt, give me a game where there's going to be a ton of plays run. I'll take those right. odds anytime. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, down in the cheap range at wide receiver, I think there's one guy that sticks out for everybody who will probably be very chalky this week is Nelson Aguilar, uh, especially if Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson don't play and they're kind of trending that way. Uh, 11 targets last week did drop a 60-yard touchdown at the end of the game that uh, cost some problems. But had some other nice catches. A lot of people ripping on his hands, but he had some nice plays. He just dropped the, the most important one. But he had eight <laughs> catches for, a hun- for 107 yards and a touchdown. He's 3,600 on DraftKings in an offense with a really good quarterback in a game that, uh, you know, I think that uh, we probably should get some action between Detroit and Philly, 4,800 on FanDuel. Um, how chalky do you think Aguilar is going to be? And if so, does that make you kind of steer away from him? Or what, what do you do with Aguilar this week? Because he, he obviously sticks out as the obvious guy below 4,000. Which is funny because he's not the guy I thought you were going to say. Oh, wow. Who did you think I was going to say? Devin Smith. Oh, uh, there. Yeah, I mean, Devin Smith. I was going to get to him too, and he's he's definitely in the mix also. Yeah, but, uh, thirty. I think, think Aguilar is higher percentage. Than- yeah, I think Aguilar will definitely be higher. But like, I mean, Devin Smith yeah. now could be wide receiver two for a team that should score one hundred and ninety points. Like, no, <laughs> no. I think <laughs> yeah, Aguilar is definitely. Uh, I mean, what do you have? Eight eight catches for eleven targets. Yeah, I mean, um, just yeah. based on how. Um, how hurt the Philly uh, wideout core is. And Detroit has actually been pretty good so far, at least against tight ends. And so uh, if, if you're not expecting, you know, if you're expecting that to continue, then Zach Ertz isn't going to be as open that much. And then Aguilar, you know, is more for Aguilar. So yeah, I think he's definitely the obvious one, but I don't know. Smith doesn't seem so bad for me either. Yeah, I, my only thing with Smith, I, I backed away a little bit, was just he only played 18 snaps last week. But granted, Michael Gallup was there for a bunch of the game. Right. And uh, he obviously hit the deep ball, and everybody saw that. I just wonder, um, 
I just wonder how much they have to throw the ball in the second half. We've kind of hit on that. I just uh, I think if I'm going to go someone there, I'd probably go Randall Cobb instead, a little bit more expensive. Um, I just think he's going to be more of a beneficiary with Gallup out, 11 targets the first couple of weeks. I think we're going to see a, a lot of Cobb action in the first half. I just I think that Devin Smith's probably going to have to hit a big one to pay off, but in a GPP, that's what you're looking for anyway. Um, as a disgruntled Jets fan, it would only make sense to see Devin Smith become <laughs> like a star in the NFL after two. He was mostly injured, unfortunately, so... Um, has this uh, has this start of the season been as impossibly bad as possible for the Jets? Like you couldn't have scripted it much worse, right? Um, the only it could have been worse. Like the How? the Darnold situation. Like if Darnold is like with as a torn Achilles, or you know, like this, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is. I, I mean, I said but, it I mean, before. Like off this, to off to a big league week one and blow it against a rival. Uh, and then you lose week two, and then you're 22 and a half point underdogs to the Patriots. Like, I feel for you. That's a, <laughs> it's a horrible script for the first three weeks. It's, I mean, years of cheering for the Jets kind of gets you prepared for, for the worst. And so, <laughs> um, it, it, like, any Jets game, Jets Patriots game should be 22 and a half. Like, it's not like, uh, even when the Jets are good, it's all that close. But, um, like, like I said before, like, as weird as it sounds, like, this entire franchise is, is on the shoulders of Sam Darnold. And so, if he's not playing, it's almost these are just like throwaway games. Like anything that happens now doesn't matter. Like if receivers start doing well, then you're like, all right, well then things change when Darnold comes back. Um, Le'Veon Bell is obviously just like a rental. He's not here for that long. And so, um, you know, it's their throw. If you just, if we could just fast forward to week seven and when Darnold comes back or whenever it is, then I'd be perfectly content with that. Le'Veon sure looked pretty good at a weird script blowout game last week. Like they, they just kept going to him even when they were down 20 to Cleveland. They, they just don't have any other good players. Like yeah. um, when you don't have somebody who can get the ball to Robbie Anderson and or to check down to Jamison Crowder 700 times, like the ball just doesn't move. And so you have to give it to your best player. And he just happens to be a running back, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so on the Aguilar note, um, you know, if you were trying to get a little bit sneaky and you want to pivot away from him in that same game, if uh, Deshaun Jackson now saw Jeffrey shit, sit, uh, JC, JJ Ortega Whiteside uh, from it. Stanford Cardinal, uh, 3,500 draftings, 4,600 on FanDuel. He played 75 snaps last week. He was really active in the game, didn't get a lot of action, didn't have a lot going on, but he's a guy that could score. He's just a big body, a really good red zone guy. Stanford used to throw him a lot of jump balls last year. Um, I think that with a week to game plan, if, if DJX and, and Alshon don't play, I think we're going to see uh, you know, two or three shots in the red zone to White, Arcega Whiteside. Now, I really like that from a, uh, from a GPP standpoint. Uh, I can't imagine. A lot of people are going there, so you would you would think not. I mean, he got picked up in leagues this week in season long leagues, but I, I would think everybody that's playing is going to click 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 on Aguilar pretty quickly uh, rather than, than oh than, yeah or, for or sure for sure yeah. yeah I mean they're just uh, Philly's still good like Wentz is still a reasonable quarterback and so uh, and the running back situation I guess I don't want to say like the the running back situation is bad because like they do have guys who can run the ball and they just happen to use them all like it's bad from a fantasy perspective but they have like decent running backs and so it's not like they have to completely rely on Wentz but they're probably going to and so I like that shout last uh, last guy in the wide receiver range uh, what if I told you there was someone that was minimum price that has seven targets each of the first two weeks you'd be interested in that I would be Demir Bird ooh look at you 3,000 on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel, 14 targets the first two weeks on a ton of snaps. He has played a lot. Um, obviously, Arizona throws the ball a ton. You know, mostly they throw it to uh, to Fitz and uh, and Christian Kirk. But Demir Bird, 
has been interesting. He has four catches week one, six catches week two for 45 yards. He is not a big play guy. He is a, you know, he is a target PPR uh, DraftKings yeah. guy with a full point, uh, full point uh, per catch. But if you're looking to punt, I think you do a lot worse in a game that's, uh, I think, to be really fast paced, a lot of points. Um, anytime you get a guy with seven targets at, uh, at a full 3,000 punt price, uh, interesting to me. Um, I'm going to slide burden on a couple of GPP plays with the hope that uh, if he keeps up the volume, it'll be worth it for the price. It's kind of a funny concept to have like as many catches as he does and like barely think. I mean, he has like 10 receptions, but like 14 targets in two games yep. is pretty good. And yet, um, like uh, target percentage is so small because they run so many plays. <laughs> so like, yep. like otherwise, I mean, he played, he played 78 snaps week one, 56 week two. I mean, I like a guy, if you're going to play a punt play, give me a guy who at least is involved in the action and out on the field. And you know, that's when things could happen. You're not relying on, you know, him playing 12 snaps and take a big play. I mean, he's, he's out there every, every play. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you, the, the drop from 78 to 56 sounds drastic, but like Kirk played 56 and Fitz played 57 in that game. Like he's yeah. there. I mean, they, that was that's just what they the do. drop from Detroit to Baltimore, not playing overtime. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, at the yeah, that's a I like that, Scott. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you know, obviously, you kind of pay for what you get for. But I, I think with that number of targets, it's uh, if, if that's that keeps up and it has the first couple weeks, it's gonna be hard for him not to pay off at the price. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's more likely to reach uh, seven targets again or Aguilar? Uh, I would bet on Bird getting the targets before Aguilar. Okay. But, I mean, you know, Aguilar is the only guy there. Right? So I get he's going to get targets, too. I just, I don't know. I have a long history with Nelson Aguilar. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, he's so inconsistent. Uh, and I think he's going to, you know, in a GPP kind of game third situation, he's going to be exponentially higher percentage than, than any of these guys we talked about. I think a lot of people are going to have Aguilar, and that kind of feels like a, a reason to get off him a little bit. Uh, I'll play him a little bit, but I don't think I'll be heavy on Aguilar this week just because I think everybody else will be. Yeah, I mean, Bird lines up like as a, as a cash play. Like yeah, we, I mean, it's it's, like, if the snaps and catches and targets keep up, absolutely. Right. Like, you don't need, at 3,000, like, you don't need t- 10 catches. Like, five yeah, if is he probably goes, enough. If he goes six for 45 again, that, that works at 3,000, right? Right, right. Especially yeah. what you can do with the others. It's just kind of, it's almost too bad that Fitzgerald and, and Kirk are so underpriced right, for their exactly. opportunities. Because, like, you probably don't want to go, like, a full Arizona stack in cash. But, um, but I don't know. Kirk in cash, that's an interesting one. Hmm. Hmm. See, I'm, I'm here to bring up names you hadn't thought about. See, there's, 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 there's some value here sometime. For sure. Uh, before we get to tight ends and defense, a note from our final sponsor, SeatGeek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place. You can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with full confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports to concerts to comedy to theater. I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I used the SeatGeek app a couple weeks ago to buy Dodger tickets. I went to see the NL West champions uh, play a couple times. So an easy, straightforward process. uh, No problems at all. There are a lot of great events coming up. We have college football every Saturday now. We have full NFL slates every Sunday. Go see some games in person. Also, the MLB playoffs start in uh, about a week and a half here. 
SeatGeek is a great place to get seats to watch Ramon Laureano. The rest of the Oakland A's make their playoff run. Best of all, my listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTONFL. That's R-O-T-O-N-F-L today. That's promo code ROTONFL for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. So, Andrew, tight end this week. I found myself liking more guys than normal. Uh, who, uh, who? I'll let you start. Who uh, who sticks out for you at tight end this week? Uh, any uh, any kind of range you want. OJ? No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, God. Just kidding. Just kidding. I um, so want to go back to OJ Howard. I just don't know if I can do it. <laughs> um, I think, uh, at least on DraftKings, Mark Andrews, um, it just seems so much more reasonable than he is on, on FanDuel. Bump, bump up his price a little more. 4600 4600 100 yards both weeks. Yeah, it's um, Travis Kelsey is really it's 7100, which I mean Kelsey's going to be the number one um, tight end every week uh, that he's on the slate. We I feel like we keep doing this with uh, Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle. Although Ertz is now uh, ahead of Kittle uh, price wise marginally, and then uh, Evan Ingram kind of right after that. But then yeah, Andrews at 4600 when Kelsey is 71 is a pretty drastic difference uh, for DraftKings, whereas. Uh, FanDuel, Kelsey, 8,000. Andrews is next at 6,800. Like, um, actually, now that I... Oh, excuse me. Ertz and then... Or Ertz, 69. Yeah. Andrews, 68. So, But Andrews is priced with Kittle and Ertz. Where exactly. DraftKings, he's exactly. at $1,000. Yeah, it's a yeah. big difference. Uh, yeah, I don't know what do you he know, uh, Do you know how many do. targets Zach Ertz had last week? Um, I don't. 16. <laughs> Uh, obviously, everybody went out. Uh, he went. He only had eight catches, 72 yards. But uh, if, 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 if Al shot a D-Jack or out... Oh man, he just he just becomes like a a way that just, they just feed guy they just feed him when they, when those guys are out and 16 targets. Dallas Goddard didn't play last week either. He's uh, he's up in the air. He's gonna play this week. Uh, I don't know. 5700 DraftKings. Uh, I'm a little bit interested in Ertz uh, with the P- full PPR if those guys sit. He certainly makes. I mean, we I feel like we keep saying that about the about you know Aguilar and a few other guys, but like the situation is perfect um, just based on the fact that there's really not anybody else as much credit as you want to give Aguilar, like there's nobody else to catch passes. And so um, Wentz obviously likes throwing at him. And so um, I think he makes a ton of sense. I think he makes more sense than Kelsey um, based on their prices, just because uh, I think uh, more people will play Kelsey uh, and Mahomes has enough other guys where I'm not sure Kelsey necessarily has this like explosive game that like Ertz could match. I also think we're getting a George Kittle week this week. Ooh. Yeah. Quiet last week, three catch, fifty-four yards. Use him as a decoy a bunch. Yeah. Uh, they, if you watch the Marquise Goodwin touchdown, like they, the whole defense went to Kittle and Goodwin just kind of slid through and was wide ass open. And then they ran the whole second half. We, we talked about Mostert and and Breida and Jeff Wilson still had three catches, fifty-four yards. Not a horrible day for a tight end. Uh, Disley scored twice last yeah. week against Pittsburgh. I just think that they're gonna the way Shanahan works. I think he's gonna make sure that Kittle gets some action this week. I. Uh, He's just so talented. You watch him run blocking. Like, he's such a great football player. And everybody's like, oh, my God, George Kittle sucks. He only three catches. Like, he made such a difference in the, in the run blocking. Like, uh, Brian Baldinger was breaking down some stuff with him last on Twitter this week. And, like, some of the run blocks and kickout blocks he makes, I mean, just so valuable. But I, I think receiving this week, I think he has a big week. I think, I think Kittle scores this week. How many points do you get for the run blocking again? Uh, I think you get uh, 0.25 <laughs> points per pancake. Per pancake, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's my uh, my special site scoring. I, I don't know if it uh, it goes across all sites or not. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think there there's a clear like I think all of the top five. Uh, if you want to include Evan Ingram, I joked to you before that I think I'm going to go 16 weeks of saying like I wish I had Ingram this week and I didn't. Um, I mean, he wasn't that good last week, but 
Um, do you think Do you think Daniel Jones helps him? Um, I think, I, like, who knows? Like, right. I, Daniel Jones, like, if you if the the range of outcomes on Dan, Daniel Jones, both for his career and literally this week, is just so wide that I don't know how anybody can make like a firm estimate on what he does. And he's the reason why I think Ingram is the worst one of this group. But I mean, ultimately the giants only have so many guys who are catching passes. Ingram happens to be at the top. And so, um, but and putting, the, I mean, the arm strength is there more than Eli, right? So, I mean, you know, down the field a little bit should help. Uh, sure. But like okay. Ingram's usually not running like the longest routes. Um, yeah, that's true. But end, you know, so. get some, get some seam routes in there. I, I like sure. him more. Uh, I like him more with Jones. I think the, the Manning thing, it obviously uh, run its course. And if you want to read about Eli Manning, just read Twitter all week long. So I'll pass on that. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, God, the hall of fame stuff. I'm like, all right, enough. Nobody cares. Yeah. Um, he's getting, but in. I think, I think, I, I think he's getting it too. Um, I think Jones, uh, I think Jones helps Ingram. I think he's a, an athletic enough guy that we're going to get some plays down the field. I do think he helps him. I just think at the price I like Kittle and uh, and Ertz a little bit more and you Neo know, down a little bit. I, I like Andrews more, so I kind of agree with you. I think that of this group, he just kind of he just kind of ranks last for me. That group, not necessarily that I don't like him. I just think I like other guys more. Yeah, I just don't see a reason why, uh, other than ownership, that you would take him over Andrews. Um, and so, if you really think there's like a good game out of Ingram, uh, you're expecting a really bad one out of Andrews because even at what we've seen, like a mar- uh, an average game for Andrews is still pretty good, but. Um, I feel like you could almost skip the next few guys. Like, I don't think it's a Darren Waller week. Uh, I don't see it as a Vance McDonald week. Um, I will probably, not probably, I'll never play Jimmy Graham ever. Like, I just. <laughs> you and me both. Anytime, was, anytime you rely on a one-yard touchdown, I don't want it. I don't yeah, want there's just no, I mean, I'm not taking him in a Jimmy Graham-only league. Like, there's just uh, nothing <laughs> I'm doing there. Um, I, do have, I do have a guy down here, though, but I'll go ahead. Well, I think that there are. Uh, two that uh, maybe three that kind of stick out for me. And I don't know if I want to touch any of them, um, but it's Jason Witten, who probably would work great in a stack with Gore has, and, and has, uh, has um, scored, has scored twice. It's twice. Crazy. Yeah. And in this game where they're going to kill Miami, um, Arizona can't stop anybody. And so Greg Olson makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, that's, I think that's, he, my, that's my bolded one right there. Yeah. I think um, Allen under center is perfectly fine with, with uh with Olsen there and I I don't think you can ignore Hawkinson even after his horrible game last week um with the way that Philly had defends the pass yeah I I agree on those I mean obviously I think that some people will stick OJ Howard in there down to 3800 uh just invisible though I mean he has five targets totally had zero targets last week right. he is super talented but it's hard to Hard to go to him right now, but you look at Greg Olson. That's the guy that I really, uh, you know, had circled here. Uh, Arizona, like you mentioned, getting destroyed by the tight end. Mark Andrews had eight for one twenty-one. Hawkinson had a huge six for one thirty-one game. And you look at Olson, nine targets week one, nine targets week two. That was higher than I thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, I know that Cam Newton loves him as kind of security blanket, and we hope that translates to Kyle Allen if you play him. But I think he's the guy, and that they built in this offense that when anything breaks down, they just flip it to Olson real quick. But not, you know, six for one ten last week against Tampa Bay. I just love the targets, and at thirty seven hundred on DraftKings, I you know, you give me a guy that has eighteen targets the first two week. Uh, I, I like that uh, with with the with the matchup built in too. Yeah, I think um, I don't think the upside is nearly as high as no. It, Kelsey but if I'm going if I'm going total. cheap, I think that's uh, I think I go to Olson. But I I, I kind of step up. I think I'm going to have a lot of uh, kill Ertz Andrews, uh, and then maybe a few Olsons kind of drop down. You're going to have a single Howard lineup or no? Probably not. 
my most important season-long team as Howard, so I'm just going to go with the fact that if he goes off, that's good there. That's good there. Okay, that makes sense. Are you gonna Are you gonna pair Howard with Jameis in the, in the lineup? Uh, yeah, yeah. I should just Jameis, light the money on fire, but yeah. Why, Jameis I mean, Howard Gore, and you can go Jason Witten at flex there and just pay him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think. I mean, I think Howard uh, works in that that Tampa Bay. Uh, New York stack. Obviously, you can play Ingram. All, all jokes aside, I do too. Um, I mean, he's cheaper than Ingram. Ingram's probably better. Uh, and playing both of them feels a little nuts, but um, that, that definitely feels nuts. I was going to try to justify that, but I'm not sure you can. You're going to win a GPP with those two, but um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, salary wise, I mean, it, it, he's one of the pass catchers um, for this team that everybody two weeks ago thought would be one of the highest passing teams in the league. And how much, how much do you buy into, you know, it's been 10 days. They put us Thursday and everybody's been asking about OJ Howard every day. Like, do you think that coaches, do you think they're going to kind of build some stuff in there for him? Um, I think like Bruce Arians is like the squeaky wheel kind of thing. Yeah. I think Bruce Arians is like one of the rare coaches who probably doesn't even know people are talking about it. Like he's just so focused on what he does, but it, you don't I think mean, Bruce, you don't think Bruce Arias is on Twitter at night before he goes. To <laughs> um, it just seems like they're. It's not even that they're making a point to like target other guys. It's like they're specifically making a point not to target Howard. Yeah, like they're, there was they're a, talking there was a play about where like, like Winston had him wide open right in front of him and didn't throw it to him. And you're just like, all right, maybe there's something going on here. Right, like there's something of Arians being like, do not throw to OJ Howard <laughs> and. Um, that's at least how it feels because he's been open and he's just not getting anything thrown his way. He's an explosive guy though. There's going to be a point where he blows up. I'm just not sure that I want to try and time it every week. Yeah. I mean, didn't we kind of say this and it was a different coaching staff, different player, same team, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Oh God. I hated that dude. He could not catch the ball, but like we're the same. I mean, it was like every week. Oh, it's ASJ week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Also a jet. Not so good. Yeah. Yeah, did he? Uh, we won't we won't talk about him fumbling and on the bad call there. But yeah, he uh, he was a bad moment in Jets history, right? Uh, I mean, in the pantheon of those situations for the Jets, <laughs> it's really barely in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> it is beautiful. Uh, go into defense real quick. Last week, uh, defense was a big deciding factor. Uh, I think the the key is don't overreact to that. Don't suddenly think that you should spend all your time on defense. Like those weeks happen. They just do. Uh, is there anybody on defense you like, uh, especially this week? Dallas is obviously the highest price playing against Miami. They're 4,300 on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel. Uh, New England obviously destroyed the Miami defense, or Miami offense last week. The Dallas defense has not done very much. I think they had like five and one points in, uh, in, in DraftKings the last two weeks. I haven't done a lot, so it's not like there's a, a defense rolling in here, but you know, I think that Miami defense, Miami offense is going to make people look really good. Uh, but if you go down lower, uh, you know, say under 3,500 on DraftKings, is there anybody especially that you, uh, you find yourself kind of gravitating towards? I think this is actually going to be like a high-scoring defensive week um, because we have so many guys, quarterbacks, who are brand new or yep. not that good that um, make mistakes, throw interceptions that can be returned for touchdowns. And so I think you can make like a reasonable um, case for uh, a, like – literally multiple defenses. And I, unfortunately, because of the randomness of, of turnovers and specifically turnovers that turn into touchdowns, like you can say all you want about, um, you know, like the Bucks defense against Daniel Jones, like he's new. So th- things could happen. Um, we have, um, the San Francisco defense, which I think I might mention just every week. Um, because I love it. They, yeah, they look good. They're home against Pittsburgh. 
3,200 on DraftKings is pretty good. Um, and even if you go like further down the list and, and that's where it gets a little sketchy, but like, um, actually the Seahawks aren't even at the Seahawks are still there. I want to mention them as well. And they were a popular one in week one, but, um, with the new Orleans offense, like without drew Brees, it's like, I guess it's possible that they just don't, they're not as active throwing the ball. And so the opportunities for, for turnovers isn't there, but, um, theoretically they should be moving the, trying to move the ball. And so you're getting into this point where there are teams that you didn't necessarily want to think about where now you're like, maybe they're not that bad because whoever is the quarterback is just primed for turnovers. Yeah. It's funny. We talked about, we talked about in the preseason, the formula for defense, you know, you want a team at home, you want a team that's favored, you want a team going as a, a sketchy or uh, you know, a turnover prone quarterback. And we have so many options yeah. for that this week. I mean, we, you mentioned a bunch of them. You got Minnesota in there too. The one that yeah. I like is, uh, is actually green Bay, uh, 3,400 draft. Cause I don't think they will be very popular this week with all the other options. They had five sacks in week one. They had four turnovers, uh, force in week two. So they've been doing stuff as a defense already. Uh, Joe Flacco has been sacked five times for the year. He hasn't turned it over very much, but uh, he's Joe Flacco. I think we're going to see a couple turnovers. They're going to be coming <laughs> from behind. Um, I think Green Bay defense is the uh, the one to me that sticks out. 3,400 DraftKings, 4,500 on FanDuel. Um, of the options, I think they'll get uh, lost in the mix a little bit, and I think they're going to be the ones that uh, step up a little bit. They're, they're kind of my favorite play this week. I think the analysis was spot on, and I think it also could have just been they're playing Joe Flacco. Yeah, exactly. Like I was trying to boost up a little more than that, but really Joe Flacco is kind of all you need. And he, uh, you know, he's, he hasn't looked horrible, but uh, I think, you know, in a game where they should be trailing second half, I think we're going to see some some mistakes forced there. So uh, I like Green Bay. They're the one that sticks out to me. I mean, I think everybody likes New England to go in against the uh, going to Jets and Luke Falk. They won a lot of GPPs last week. They'll be high percentage as a result. Um, probably that reason alone makes me kind of go away from them. I'm just not going to buy into it back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I think that's entirely reasonable. I don't expect the Jets to be th- – coming out throwing the ball either so um, yeah the Jets are gonna have four sacks this week but they haven't turned the ball over a lot mm-hmm. I think they're gonna go into conservative mode and try and not get blown out early I mean even if you look at last week's game they they had Falk uh at quarterback and they yep. had to get back in the game and they still were not throwing the ball and I guess the idea is like oh they have another week to get them ready but um I, I think it's just gonna still be a bunch of Le'Veon Bell which doesn't create a lot of turnover opportunities Luke Falk is a dangerous name to say on podcasts. I it's, hope he doesn't play too long. Yeah, I agree. It's going to really get me in trouble one of these mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, my son mentioned his name and I was like, what did you say? <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, it's funny. The old, uh, the old CDM fancy message boards, you couldn't swear on them. So everybody was uh, either Falk spelled like Marshall Falk or Falk spelled like Keith Falk. So it's oh. just, uh, it's always ingrained in there. That was the, like the way to curse on there. It was sure, always, sure. Uh, that was always the way. Cause you couldn't, you couldn't ban those words. Cause people were actually talking about those players. <laughs> Oh, the uh, the joys of the early the late 1990s internet. It there was a go. wild place. Um, anybody else uh, you want to talk about? Anything else on your mind before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think we got. It. I think just a final point on on defense. I don't think we're gonna have like a singular outlier defense this week that that kills everybody. And I know it's stupid to say that because variants will inevitably uh, have one go off. But I feel like there are gonna be like multiple ones that are are good enough that. If you don't have one of the five that do well, then you might be in trouble. But I don't think it's necessarily like a single one. Joe Flacco is going to be your friend this week. <laughs> oh, that's all I got to say on yeah. defense. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS Friday version. Uh, we are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We thank them for that. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he is at RotoWire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensen. If you have any questions or stuff you want us to address uh, over there, please uh, let us know. Happy to uh, do that. Other than that, thanks everybody for listening. Hope everybody has a fantastic week three and take care. 
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.